We know Reiner's mental stability is shaky, to say the least. But what if there's a voice inside his head that's entirely too real? Hey guys, welcome to A Dash of Salt with AJ. I'm your host, Ahsoka Jackson, author, poet, podcaster, and proofreader. There's a final major topic I have for now regarding my thoughts on the trailer. Aaron and Reiner. Getting to hear that little preview of the voice acting for season 4, especially that of Kajiyuki, Aaron's voice actor, was such a freaking treat, and the exchange itself was so intense. And based on the way people familiar with the scene reacted, it sounds like this is one of the best sequences from season 4. I've seen folks say that even people who don't like the overall series think that this was not only one of the best scenes of the series, but also one of the best scenes they've seen. That's in terms of competing against other manga series that they actually do like. For people who don't even like the show to be able to make that comparison, yeah, you get why I'm excited. And I've worked pretty hard for the most part to avoid spoilers for that scene. That sequence where those two are communicating and Aaron is saying he understands Reiner and the other guys is the number one thing right now that I don't want spoiled, aside from the ending of the series. Ah, fun note here. I noticed that Aaron used when he says you are trying to save the world and while this wasn't communicated in some of the early subtitling that indicates a plural you so he's talking about Reiner's comrades too not just Reiner individually he's basically saying you guys were trying to save the world weren't you in any case besides how excited I am for this series and especially for this um, section of the series and of the season I also have a fun theory about it. Now, I feel like coming up with storyline theories and predictions for material like this really isn't a strength point for me. Like I'm better at solving crime mysteries, maybe. But in this case, I think what I came up with is pretty good work for me. And even if I turn out to be totally wrong about this, I'm still going to be happy that I was able to analyze little details and put together what I think is a neat theory. And it was something I was able to come up with while I hadn't been exposed to spoiler material as much, so it's really a more internal thing that I came up with independently. Now, this kind of contradicts my other theory about how Aaron finds Reiner, but the two theories can actually work together as well. Anyways, so I'm analyzing the conversation and also considering the question of how Aaron and Reiner end up meeting again, and I was struck by this thought. What if they weren't actually speaking to each other in person? and that voiceover we heard. We know from the previous seasons that the Founding Time possesses powers that let it communicate with and influence not only Tynes and Shifters, but also regular human Eldians. And Ryan, of course, is a Titan Shifter. When he was speaking to Aaron and said, Shut up! Why won't you just let me die? There was such agitation in his voice. And one thing I was thinking was that if Aaron were simply there speaking to him normally, I don't think that would necessarily be such a barrier to Reiner's attempts to take his own life. And I felt like the anger and distress in the line seemed rather strong for their context. But what if Aaron is actually speaking to Reiner from inside his head? And maybe even using the founding powers to forcibly control Reiner and prevent him from pulling the trigger. If that's what's happening, then I think Reiner's reaction makes way more sense. If Aaron is immensely overwhelming Reiner, that would be a far more effective preventative measure than simply being in the room with him or even trying to physically restrain him. 
And I'm sure it'd be far more unpleasant and stifling for Reiner as well to have a literal voice in his head that he can't shut off, speaking to him and maybe even controlling him physically and perhaps, and perhaps making it hard to even focus or think. Actually, the ironic thing is that we know Reiner was already mentally unstable years ago, but Aaron's presence now could well be part of why it's gotten so severe at this point. I absolutely adore Aaron, but he does have issues, and has had them since he was a young child. And now he's gone through a whole lot of additional stuff. To be blunt, having both Aaron and Reiner bouncing around inside the same head would be a whole lot of crazy for one skull. I honestly wonder if each factor is triggering the other. Is Aaron intervening to prevent Reiner from offing himself? And is his intervention actually making Reiner even more desperate and miserable? Has he reduced Reiner to a semi-puppet at this point who can't do anything that Aaron doesn't choose to allow? This could be some pretty intense stuff right here. I'm also thinking that this may play into how he locates Reiner. I am so curious about how the Founder's telepathic abilities actually work. What does Aaron see and experience when he uses them? Is he simply projecting his voice into Reiner's head and able to hear his thoughts? Or is it closer to actually inhabiting or possessing Reiner, where he can actually see through his eyes, maybe perceive other senses as well, and maybe even control him in a way that feels about as simple as controlling Aaron's own body or perhaps controlling a Titan body? And maybe both the jail and the telepathy theories are correct and they work together. Aaron used the telepathy to at least get a rough location of where Reiner was, and then he allowed himself to be arrested so that he could be physically brought to where Reiner was. I do have one huge gap in all of this, though. While I fully believe we'll eventually get to see Aaron unleash the full power of his Titans by the end of the story, and this is the final season, I don't know how the timeline for that actually goes and whether he can access the necessary level of power to communicate telepathically like that, let alone physically control him by the time that exchange with Reiner takes place. I don't even know if he actually does have that power level at that point in time, so that's a really big weak spot. But even so, I really like this idea and I think it would just be so cool and intense to see play out. What about you guys? What thoughts and theories and questions do you have about this scene and the other parts I've mentioned? Plus anything I haven't covered. Okay, so a few quick notes about stuff I forgot to mention earlier in this um, series of reactions to the trailer. A. I feel like John is going to be really ticked off at Aaron if he's gone AWOL, like I suggested earlier. As much as John doesn't want to admit it, I'm still convinced Aaron played at least a small part in his ultimate choice to join the Scout Regiment. So if Aaron leaves the very organization he persuaded John to join, I think John's going to have a thing or two to say about, and directly to, the son of a gun. And B, I am dying to know what Aaron has been seeing now that he seems to be having these visions with increasing intensity and frequency. Especially knowing that both Grisha and Aaron have inherited the Founding Titan, yet came to very different conclusions than blood members of the Rice family have. What are they seeing, and how are they interpreting it? One thing folks have noticed in common is that we see Aaron's eyes sometimes resembling that hollow, empty look we saw with Frida and others once they've inherited the Founding Titan and been affected by the information it carried. But of course, Aaron clearly has not become remotely pacifist, and I think there's more to it than just the issue of being bound by a special agreement. Which brings me to point or note C. The deal made with the Founding Titan is probably the biggest thing that hints 
at the idea I mentioned earlier, that the, that the original Tynes, the human shifters, or both, retained their individuality even after being inherited by a successor. The stuff with the Rice family and the folks who fled happened after war and turmoil had been going on a good long while. Plus, there's the whole curse of Ymir factor. So, I'm, while I'm a little foggy recalling this off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure there were multiple inheritors that came before the king who fled. So he wouldn't have had direct physical access to the first founding titan, or the first inheritor through direct means. It would have had to be via some other method, like that whole concept I've mentioned of being able to commune with the titans or the previous human inheritors. Alrighty, folks, I think that brings this series to a close for now. Like I said, I may have other episodes about this later, though, or I may simply incorporate the additional material into the regular coverage I plan to do for Season 4 itself. It's going to be an incredible ride to see the different things hinted at in the trailer, teaser, and previous seasons played out in their full form, and I can't wait to have all these lingering questions answered. How about you? What are you most looking forward to seeing or hearing about? Well, I hope you had a great time today, and with this whole series of reactions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a like, share, or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, social media, or whichever app you use to listen. I especially look forward to hearing your comments, theories, and questions related to Attack on Titan. Be blessed, and stay salty.